0: Aiku time. Bannon was trouble. Dust off your thumb, because lyft has gone. DNC is done. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses is Talking Politics. Hey, hey! Welcome back. I was, uh, gonna do a podcast, this podcast yesterday... On Thursday but I decided to watch the Democratic National Convention Uh, I did it a little differently I actually got a subscription to uh, the blaze TV so I could watch it on louder with Crowder I Crowder Steven Crowder absolutely hysterical uh, but they edit too much on the YouTube channel so I decided screw it I'll get a subscription I love what listening to the guy anyway so I got a subscription watched it I was just laughing my ass off. It was really, really, really funny. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have no problem listening to this guy uh, when the Republican convention comes around. So let's get to the news, big news. Um, probably couldn't have happened to a better guy, but Steve Bannon is in big trouble. Now, if you don't remember who Steve Bannon is, he actually is the guy who, who he was one of the chairs for the President Trump's 2016 campaign. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Steve Bannon, so I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Uh, prosecutors say that Bannon used a non company to hide payments to another company called Covage. Uh, they were using, supposedly, uh, allegedly, fake invoices and sham fake vendor arrangements uh, as a means of keeping the company quiet, the or keeping the payments quiet. Uh, the reason the company they were using was a nonprofit that people sent money to build a wall and it made about $25 million. Uh, the promise was that those payments that you paid to this company, uh, to this nonprofit, all the money would go straight into helping build the wall. Um, this was uh they discovered this or they were actually looking for this issue back in the Southern District of New York. So again that's not a huge surprise. The Southern District of New, New York is aimed at Trump. They they aimed, they aimed at everybody. Now, the big question is uh Steve Bannon. First off, Steve Bannon don't like the guy. I think he's a loudmouth. He's like that stone guy that Trump hangs out with. Um He's just another example of Trump's bad people around him. He got rid of Steve Bannon a long time, just like Roger Stone is the other guy. Roger Stone, I can't stand. Every time I hear this guy speak, he's on Tucker Carlson quite a bit. But it just, I was like, okay, throw this guy in jail for four years. So, you know, we don't have to hear him. But what can't be seen, whether Steve Bannon is a good guy or a bad guy, is not really relevant. I I don't personally like the guy. I don't like listening to him. He's kind of a conspiracy theorist. He's like Roger Stone in that way, which is not a surprise. Donald Trump is kind of a conspiracy theorist, too. Uh, The question is, is this another one of those deep state prosecutions Being from the Southern District of New York, you can't tell. (laughs) I think this could be, Um, but I think this might be easier to prosecute only because um, if the promise was every nickel is going to go into the wall and every nickel didn't go into the wall, it's very possible that it could get prosecuted. Uh, Bannon on Thursday uh, was in court. He pled not guilty. He's looking at two charges. Each charge could be 20 years in prison. So it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen in that case. Uh, I don't really know if this is going to lead Trump to pardon this guy too or not. I I really don't care if he does or not. But we'll, we'll have to see what's going on. And considering New York doesn't have any cash bail, it's not like he's going to be sitting in jail unless he is. I don't know. But we'll see. Um, Next story is I I get really excited when I'm right, and it looks like I'm probably right about this too. Uh, so I, I here you may remember, I think it was early this year or late last year, the state of California made a law, I think it was November, made a law that said that employees, I'm sorry, not employees, I got to be careful here, that companies that use contractors could not keep them as contractors. They had to actually reclassify those people, those contractors as employees. Now, this is an absolute nightmare. Uh, I thought so at the time. California was targeting specifically the gig uh, businesses. The gig business, what I mean is the electronic businesses such as Uber, Uber Eats, Lyft, DoorDash, companies like that. So, if you were an Uber driver who worked whenever you felt like working, because Uber, that's that's the whole purpose of this. It's convenient. If you were an Uber driver, you now are no longer a contractor, which is what you agree to. So, you don't get any, you get paid a certain amount depending on where you're driving, when you're driving, and you get, and that's it. And they get to use your car and whatever. that That's all it is all about it's that simple you drive uh, you drive you get paid the more you drive people around um, this has caused a lot of uh, a lot of consternation with like the taxi drivers taxi unions I guess there are some taxi unions out there because that these companies are far cheaper than a taxi than taxi cabs so California basically said you're no longer contractors, you're employees, and Uber, Uber Eats, Storedash, Lyft, they all have to pay their employee, their new employees as employees and have to offer benefits, which just is an absolutely god-awful law. I couldn't believe they had passed this piece of shit. On Thursday, Lyft said it would cease its operations in California by midnight Friday, I had not heard if Uber or Uber Eats was actually going to do the same thing. I did get dinner last night. I haven't, I have not actually seen anything uh, from Uber uh, yet today. But uh, Lyft said we're done. We're not gonna, we're not gonna run in California. And Lyft, as Lyft, which I believe is in Silicon Valley, has actually threatened to move out of the state altogether. So they're gonna take their business out. You can get a Lyft in any other state. You can't get one in this state. Theoretically, Uber actually put in a lawsuit. I believe it was back in February when the bill was signed. So they actually did sue the state of California. Uh, An appeals court on Thursday—that's yesterday, mind you. So yesterday, Lyft said, "I'm—we're not—we're not running in California." And on the same day, about four hours later, the appeals court. That uh, had to rule on the law and they actually stayed the law. So the law is no longer in effect. I am not sure if Lyft is running today on Friday. I don't know if they've actually said, we're going to, okay, the law stayed, we're going to continue running in California. I don't know if that happened. I think Uber is still running, but this is where we are right now. This is the problem with leftist governments. The things that they are trying to do to, quote, help, end quote, the workers is actually costing them. It's costing them in jobs, and it's costing the people services. Uh, minimum wage is an example. So this law, which was supposed to put, give benefits to people, to workers, give give them the benefits. You just cost millions of people jobs because a lot of people who aren't working they'll run into Uber and they'll just do they'll drive people around with Uber all the time and they make money and for a lot of people that's their full-time job. They do that. They just pick and choose when they decide to do it, for how long they decide to do it. They make money and then they can do whatever they want whether it's they're going to school or whether they just retired. I I've had I've met a lot of people on Uber where they just are retired and they want something to do and they make some money and it, it, it adds to their income. And so, and they don't do it every day. They do it whenever they feel like doing it for seven, eight hours. A lot of students I see. There was one guy I met, I do do a lot of Uber. There one guy I did meet, he actually was driving so that he could save his, he had a job so he could save his money so he could buy a truck and become a truck driver. I mean, some of these people actually are doing this for a reason. They're trying to make money, they're trying to, to to add income. Josie, my fiance, she drove Uber, and she did it to supplement her income because she didn't make a lot of money in her job, so she worked full-time at her job, and on weekends and her days off, she would Uber for four or five hours, make an extra few hundred bucks, and she was good to go. Uh, I personally was never thrilled she was an Uber driver, and I, I basically almost forbade her to drive at night, uh, bought her all sorts of weapons to make sure whenever she met that sick bastard that happens to jump into the Uber every once in a while, w- would she would be protected. But this is this is what happens. The minimum wage is another thing. First off, I I don't believe in any minimum wage. I don't believe in a national minimum wage. Well, first off, I don't think the nation, the federal government, has should have any say as to minimum wage at all. That's not the federal government's job. Federal government should not be telling anybody what to do in their business. They should just stay out. But I also don't believe in state minimum wage. I think minimum wage is something that the employers will figure out. So, for example, it, it's the same crap with, you know, women are paid 70 cents to a dollar. That that's That's crap. If a woman is qualified to do a job and they want them to do the job, a business is going to hire her on whatever she wants to get paid. And if she doesn't get paid what she feels she deserves, guess what she's gonna do? She's gonna go find somebody else who will hire her and they will hire her. So to sit back and say that, and and, and the second thing is that if women were actually paid 70 cents to the dollar and all these corporations are so greedy, why aren't these corporations filled with women that, are, that will take 30% less than what a man will take? So you can see that this is kind of stupid Minimum wage does actually the opposite. Minimum wage will cut the workforce of most companies, especially small businesses. If I have to go from $10 an hour, $11 an hour, which is the minimum wage in our state, which I think is absolutely asinine right there, to $15, expect smaller businesses to just cut 30% of their workforce so that they keep keep their profit margins level or cut 15% of the work Forced to keep their profit margins margins level, and then raise the prices another fifteen percent. So what's happening? Well, our products have become more expensive. Uh, our the service is going to suck because um, the service is going to suck because you've got less employees working for you. So it hurts both the consumer and the worker. And these are the things leftist governments either don't understand. don't care about and all these idiots that go out there and scream yay Gavin Newsom for raising minimum wage for $15 to $15 an hour don't really aren't really thinking that okay now you need to find a job or you need to hope you're not going to get cut or you better or or you're actually where your workload is going to go up because they had to can a bunch of people if you're you're don't lose your job so it is it's just when Business is not allowed to run without regulations, especially restrictive regulations like you cannot use contractors, you must use employees, and you cannot, um, you have to pay a person a minimum wage. All you're doing is you're taking away from the worker and the consumer. We won't even see the business the business is going to suffer too because they got to raise their rates and things like that and they will lose consumers but the reality is the business is going to do whatever it can to keep its profit margins and that's what they do that's what they should that's they're making a risk here so i really don't like the idea of government of any government state city federal actually putting any kind of regulation on business. Now, I mean, some regulations, yes. I mean, you don't want 13-year-olds running uh, uh, threshers or anything like that. But this is one of the examples of California, you screwed up, and now California is trying to figure out how to keep one of the bigger businesses. Now, the minimum wage thing, which I mentioned, they're already doing this in New York. They're doing this in Seattle. They're doing this, I believe, in Portland. They're doing this in the Pacific Northwest. And business is getting killed in the Pacific Northwest. That's simply because they raised the minimum wage. So, not a good thing. Finally, the Democratic National Convention finally ended. Now, you may have noticed that I did not really cover the Democratic National Convention, and there, there's a reason why. One, it's a, eight hours long, lots of, uh, lots of speeches, and very hard to cover. i'm I'm alone here, so if I wanted to cover any speeches, I'd have to really, work and I'm gonna miss something out so I don't I don't even do it I'll let you go to a podcast where they've got 50 other people working for them until I can start hiring people but it was it was very interesting so what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you a just kind of an overview of what we saw and what was good about it what was bad about it talk about some of the speeches and um, and then talk about what Trump needs to do now, because the Republican National Convention, I believe it's next week. Now, the Democratic Convention, I decided I, I couldn't couldn't watch it anymore. I mean, the last two nights, the first three nights, I actually watched maybe a couple, I, I mean, day three, I actually watched the most, and I only got through maybe an hour and a half of it. But most of the time, I could listen to an hour of it. It was just not, all that exciting is really boring. It's like, yeah, again, it's watching an infomercial. So let's let's go over. Let's let's say what I learned. This is what I learned when I listened to the listened to this thing for as long as I possibly could. Uh, Donald Trump is a bad orange man, and that's it. That's all I learned. It was it was really that painful. Let's go over some of this stuff here. Um, The first thing, it was completely scripted. No one said something off of a teleprompter. It was all scripted. This was an eight-hour infomercial. That's all this was. It was horribly boring. Now, when I say it was an infomercial, I mean it was an infomercial in which you didn't know, learn absolutely anything from them. No policies were talked about. We already know about climate change. We already know about the gun control. We already know about all that other crap. Um, but this was literally, um, it, it just, it was, da- it was bad. Uh, there was faux patriotism, which I thought was very strange and, uh, they said the Pledge of Allegiance and the and the saying the Star Spangled Banner. Now, mind you, these are people that have been telling you to kneel during the Star Spangled Banner, and they actually want the Pledge of Allegiance removed from schools because of the Under God deal. There was one guy who said it. Um, uh, what what's the, what's the pledge? Of allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, individual. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, someday, he added. So I this was not actually part of the... This was one of the during the day things that he said this, that they actually said it like that. But I find it amazing that this is a group that acts patriotic, you know, flags and everything, but they also believe in flag burning. They believe in a anarchy group called Antifa. They believe in... Um, they think the entire system is racist and terrible. They believe that, uh, heck, the country did not start until, uh, didn't start in 1776. It started in 1619. I, I get very annoyed when you see a group like that trying to act like they're patriotic, and they're really not. Um, I don't understand the left's fixation or the Democrats' fixation on celebrities. They brought out several celebs to actually introduce each day. Eva Longoria did the first, Tracy Ellis Ross, Kerry Washington, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Now, I only know Eva Longoria because my ex-wife used to watch that that Desperate Housewives. That's the only reason I knew her. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the only reason I know her is because she did Seinfeld. And that was a show I've never really watched. So none of them. They were all just terrible. And it's just because they weren't talking to the audience, they were reading to the audience, and they looked like they were reading to the audience. It was just, it, it was just, oh, it was so fake. It was, it was so hard to watch. I almost had to turn it off. It was cringeworthy. I would have been embarrassed to do something like that. Julia Louise dreyfus made several jokes that just fell completely flat. Uh, When she was talking about Kamala Harris and her her speech, she then said she couldn't wait until she saw uh, Kamala Harris uh, debate uh, Mike Pence, but she kept mispronouncing his name. And that's in reference to them mispronouncing Kamala Harris's name. They were calling her Kamala Kamala Harris. For some reason, that was a controversy. They were god-awful. Each of them made their own left-wing speech, of course, in the beginning, but ugh. Um, they Billy Eilish, uh, who's a singer. I didn't know m- too much about Billy Eilish. She sang actually a really nice song. Uh, she's got a she's got a good voice, but then she gave her message about the environment and climate change. Now this isn't a bad thing. I it, okay, you can do that. But what looked bad was she actually. At best, she looked depressed. At worst, she looked stoned. I'm not sure which it was. Could be a little bit of both. Also, not a good look. She had her top of her head was green, dyed green, and then the the rest of her hair was black. And so the long part of her hair was black. She looked like a parakeet. Now, the, the reason this is not a good look is I don't need to be lectured about the environment from some stoned and depressed 18-year-old that looks like a parakeet. This is like, I, if I wanted that, I could go up to Portland, walk outside, and talk to any one of the people rioting in the streets. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. Uh, and finally, they had Billy Porter and Steven Sills do this bizarre rendition of Buffalo Springs Fields for what it's worth. This thing, it was just, I couldn't even stop looking at it. I was watching this video. I was like, what the hell are they doing? Uh, Here's a little clip of it. What was really bizarre about the song? It was the, it was the video itself. The, the song I like the song. I've always liked the song. I don't you know I don't buy any of the bullshit of the song. The song is a is a revolution song, things like that. So I, I don't really like the song in that way. I just like it. Uh, but what was bizarre is this this guy I can't re- I can't remember his name, but this guy actually wears women's clothing. Okay, that's Billy Porter wears women's clothing and just dances around. He does all this stuff with his hands. It's, it's really kind of bizarre. If you go to com, I actually have the, uh, I have the video linked and you can take a look at it. Uh, if you didn't see it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bizarre, but the, okay. So that was some of the, weirdness with the celebrities. Um, no policies were mentioned. There were no platforms mentioned. They did talk about they uh, big with gun control, big with the environment, big with um, uh, immigration, things like that. So they brought up some of their belief system, but they didn't really talk about it. They didn't talk about what they were going to do about it. Uh, it, it it's, it's basically, if you didn't know anything about the Democrats, you weren't going to know anything about the Democrats after spending eight hours watching this, this deal. So it did not work out well. They blamed Trump for everything, including COVID deaths and the economy tanking because of the shutdowns. But again, and this includes the big speeches, no one had any policies or plans or anything that would have made been done better. And here they actually lied a bunch of times. They kept saying that Trump ran this worse than anybody else in in the world, which is absolutely untrue. We already know, you know, countries like Italy, Belgium, they all had it far worse than we did. And, of course, I still believe China's probably got two, three, four hundred thousand dead you just don't know about it. So of course they're lying about that and of course blaming Trump. They never mentioned the what the economy was like for 3 years of his presidency until this COVID happened. And again, it's just it's annoying because you keep blaming someone for something and no one has anything uh, no one has anything better to say. But that's all they really really talked about. Trump's a bad, he's a racist, he's a bigot, he's a homophobe, he's a xenophobe, he's killed everybody, he's a murderer. He doesn't know what to do. He's incompetent, blah, blah, blah. But you know what was not mentioned much at all? There was no mention of Biden. I find that, find, that found that kind of amazing. There was not much mention of Kamala Harris, which is not a shock. She's a vice presidential candidate. But they never really talked about Biden or Harris, the Harris ticket. So that was really kind of weird. There was also no mention at all of the riots or of the push to defund the police. They did uh, show signs of BLM, Black Lives Matter, but they never really talked about it. And of course, they don't want to talk about it because Black Lives Matter is a borderline American terrorist group. And I say borderline, I don't mean that. They are a Marxist American terrorist group, that's exactly what it is, that is trying to actually overturn our entire way of life, not just change the government, but change society and how that works as a whole, get rid of the nuclear family, get rid of religion, change the system. They didn't talk much about BLM. There were little signs here and there. There was one place where, Na- where, not Nancy Pelosi, excuse me, where um, Elizabeth Warren was talking in a classroom, and their had the classroom had cubbies so the kids can put their lunches and crap, and they had BLM, just big block letters of BLM. That that that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, symbolism they were actually using, and something that really gets in my craw is they use children a lot. Okay. They used a lot of children. Um, they interviewed children about environment and climate change. Uh, they showed speeches by the radical children of the Stoneman Douglas High School, that same school where um, uh, the, a uh, mass shooter went in there and started killing kids. They showed speeches by those kids. Of course, Billy Eilish made a speech about climate change. There was one speech which wasn't so bad about a kid with a stutter saying that um, Joe Biden is his hero because Joe Biden also had a stutter. This is what gets in my craw with using kids. Two reasons. You're using kids. You're using kids. And this is not, I, I just don't think that's a good thing. Uh, it's when I watch tele. when I watch the news, they always have this this commercial with the uh, special the kids with special disabilities and they're trying to get you to buy 20, spend20 dollars $20 a month to donate to. I, I don't like that. I think that that's the reason I won't donate. I don't tell me what you do. Don't use a kid. This is what they actually did. That's one reason I have a problem with this. The second reason I have a problem with this. I don't need a kid dictating policy. Policy should not be dictated or should not be forced on or should not be influenced by a child because children are stupid. They're dumb shits. They, are, they don't have any reason. They don't develop that prefrontal cortex till about 24, 25 years old. So when a kid sits there and starts arguing with me or telling me I need to get rid of my gun, I really don't give a rat's ass what that kid's got to say. And I think it's really, really poor. But the whole purpose of this thing is empathy and feelings. That's what this, this whole thing was about. We hate President Trump. He shouldn't be a president. And we all will love you. That's what it, that's what this whole thing was about. And I, I just found it very, very annoying. There were... Uh, then there were the speeches. And there were a ton of speeches. They... Oh my God. Everybody and their mother talked. They were... They were typical, they were typical politician speeches, except they were all pre-recorded. They were all in different places. They were all kind of, you know, out there. Uh, one of the, spe- One is, a couple of them stood out. There was John Kasich, he did a speech, and of course John Kasich was, uh, he's a never-Trumper Republican. I mean, who cares? The guy, former governor of uh, Ohio, he actually was standing at a crossroads and gave the metaphor speech about uh, which route are you going to take and each route has a different destination, blah, blah, blah. He kept saying how Biden was moderate and he wasn't this insane, um, he wasn't this insane liberal that everyone should be worried about. Andrew Cuomo talked about, of course, COVID, and said that COVID nineteen was a uh, was a metaphor for whatever. I'm not quite sure. I, I don't understand what, why why um, how uh, Andrew Cuomo, which governor of New York, has a right to say anything about COVID nineteen. His state is second to New Jersey. Also, by the way, a uh, Democrat state. In deaths, COVID deaths, because these guys decided to throw old people with COVID back into the old people's home, and then more died. And now we're finding he lied about it too. So how this guy is an example of is someone who should be talking about how to handle COVID goes way beyond me. And what's really bizarre, he actually wrote a book about it, about how to deal with COVID. He completely screwed up COVID-19. 40,000 people are dead in his state because of him. So now I'm not saying it, it just, some of his policies actually killed people. I'm not saying blaming him for COVID. I'm blaming how he handled COVID. He made a mistake and then never fixed it until he was caught. Hillary Clinton was back online um, and she made a, she's, I haven't seen Hillary Clinton speak. I, I don't really care to see Hillary Clinton speak, but she's like a bad penny. She just keeps coming back. And of course she made the fire and brimstone speech and how Trump is a bad, evil orange man and that he's going to steal this election too, if we're not careful, like he stole the last election. She won by 3 million votes in the popular vote. That's he won the Electoral College. That doesn't show me that he stole the election. That's not the first time Bush lost the popular vote, too, and won the Electoral College. That's why there's an Electoral College, because we don't want Los Angeles and New York determining who the president is. And that's exactly why they win those they win those votes, blaming him for everything. So it's 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 she. But I'll tell you what one thing. She looks crazy. She actually looks like she'd lost her mind. Her hair was very flat. She didn't look very good at all. So, yeah, that's not good. Barack Obama made a speech. Uh, Barack Obama's speech, very eloquent, as usual. Speaks very well. Lied through his teeth about how great his administration was and what he did that they didn't actually do. Very divisive speech saying how trump is divisive and yet obama was one of the most divisive presidents in history let's let's call it what it is uh the race relations in the united states was fine until obama took over and then it became worse which makes like no sense we just elected a black president twice and they're now complaining that there's a real race problem and he was elected president twice and now is worth almost a hundred million dollars. How bad can race relations be? The big mistake they had with Obama is they put Obama in front of Kamala Harris who was the next speaker. He she went on right after Barack Obama and she's just a terrible speaker. She cannot make a speech. And I know everyone over there was saying, oh, I can't wait to see uh, uh, this is what uh, Luis Dreyfus said she can't wait to see her debate. Pence. Well, Pence will tear tear her up because she cannot speak. And the reality is she's got a voting record and she has a a bunch of speeches in her past, so we know what she's about. And Pence is going to use that against her. She flip-flops like crazy just on what everybody wants to hear. Finally, the last speech was Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's speech, of course, was scripted, so not going to be a big surprise that he's not going to gaffe, and he didn't. He sounded pretty good, but his speech had some big issues. And I think his speech can be summed up uh, with a ben, with a, uh, a tweet that Ben Shapiro sent out. And if you listen to Ben Shapiro's show, he actually goes really into the speech. But he Biden promised to end COVID. Not really sure what, how he's going to end COVID, but okay. Um, prevent all threats seen and unseen. Uh, that, okay. End racism. Okay, the first, these first three, these first few are an example of promises he can't keep. You can't, he's not going to end, he, 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 COVID will end when COVID ends, if it ever ends. So to sit back and say, you're going to, you're going to end COVID is stupid. Prevent all threats, seen and unseen. How do you how do you prevent a threat that's unseen? If you don't know it's there, how can you prevent it? Ben Shapiro called him a. He wants to be a missile. His own missile defense system. This is a promise you can't keep. End racism. Again, Ben Shapiro said something really good in this: is that uh, racism keeps changing. So racism, where one. A person sees another person as less of a human being because of the color of their skin, their race. That's the standard definition of racism. Whereas they're saying racism is built in today. We're all racist just because we're here. How do you end that? Um, never give, give never give you up. Okay. Never let you down. Okay. Never run around and desert you. Okay. Those are just, that's basically just rhetoric. So what? Never make you cry. Never say goodbye. Never tell a lie and hurt you. Rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. And that is basically what his speech was about. There, there was just, there was nothing in his speech. Nothing, There no, definitely no policy. He's going to end COVID. He didn't say how. Prevent threats. Okay, How? By cutting the military, that's part of his thing. It was just, a, it was a very, it was a good speech. There was nothing wrong with his speech. He, he said everything he needed to say. So, you know, hey, Biden, Biden does well when he's reading a teleprompter and everything is scripted and nobody asks questions. How is that going to go? Not going to go well. He is actually going to have to get out there and ask questions. Now, one of the things Trump did during the entire DNC, he made himself known. He did not hide out. Like most presidents in the past, during the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention, typically the candidate for the opposite party, that's, uh, that, for the party that's not doing their convention, the candidate will stay kind of out of the way. President Trump didn't do that. President Trump, actually, he still, every day, he has his his uh, public appearances. Every day, he'll have two to three public appearances. He went to a bunch of states during the DNC. And he went, instead of being recorded and doing it via Zoom video, he did it live. And I think that's something the Republican National Committee needs to do. I, I, I don't know if they're doing a vir- holding a virtual Uh, the RNC, or if they're actually going to do it, I think they're doing it live. I think they picked a state and everything, and they are going to do it live. Uh, Of course, they're going to get blamed because they're not social distancing or whatever. Maybe not everybody is going to be wearing masks, so there will be that conflict. But I think this is a good thing. I think this is going to make the RNC really stand out if they do it live. I think Trump interjecting himself, holding his own little rallies, holding his own little meetings. I think that is a fantastic idea. Do that. Make yourself known. And a couple other things that Trump can do that would be really important. One, and he did it today. I, I, he, there, he was in a, on Friday, he was in a, uh, uh, he had a speech in front of a conservative group in Virginia. And he did exactly what he needed to do. This is what he needs to do. One, he needs to say what he has done, what accomplishments he has had. And he's had a lot of accomplishments. A lot of accomplishments. I'm not going to go through the list because I'm running out of time. But he had a lot of accomplishments. Keep listing those accomplishments. The killing of Baghdadi. The ending of ISIS. The Middle East peace deal. The tariffs on China. China is falling apart right now because of these tariffs. The ending of the Iran nuclear deal, which no one thought was a bad idea. He's the unemployment rate going down lowest since the 60s and going down for everybody. White, black, women, men, uh, youths, adults. These are all good. The GDP rising to 3%. Okay, I lied. I said I was going to say. But he's got a lot of accomplishments. And then he needs to compare that. And he did that today. He needs to compare that with what else, what the Democrats want. Raise taxes. Cut the military. Defund the police. The riots. They're a lawless group. Socialism. Socialism. Keep bringing up what they actually want to do. Um, he, he, Again, the other thing, abortion. They're pro-abortion. They want a, a fourth trimester abortions. Keep saying, comparing what he's done with what the Democrats want to do. And then do what the Democrats are not doing and say, this is what we're going to do in the future. More tax cuts. The virus will eventually secede. It'll, it will go away. It may always be there. It may not. We may, have a, uh, we may have a vaccine. We may not. But the economy will rebound. We will rebound. Talk about toughening. Talk about his foreign policy. His foreign policy is very good. Even though they, uh, Obama and Biden both were bitching about his foreign policy, foreign policy is actually very good. This is the first time in for this is the first time in presidencies that I can't remember. We haven't been in a war. We're not in a war. Obama can't say that. Bush can't say that. Clinton can't say that. George W. Bush, the first George Bush, can't say that. Reagan couldn't say that. Carter, Nixon, uh, LBJ, none of them could say that. We have not been in a war in four years. This is a very good thing. The next thing I'd like to see President Trump do, and I'm a little conflicted with this, is less live bantering, less non-scripted speeches, especially at his rallies, because he has a tendency of saying things that are not great and will be used against him. Trump could have a speech. We're saying he ended cancer, COVID. Lyme's disease, leukemia, he could say he ended all that, but if he says one thing, that's going to be something they're going to use against him and beat him over the head with. And that's just the fact of life. That's just what's going to happen. Um, I'm conflicted. So I'd like to see him. He's got some very good, uh, he has some very good speechwriters, and his speeches are very good when they're from teleprompter. They're not as entertaining, which is the conflict I have today's speech, or on uh, Friday's speech, Friday's speech he had in front of the conservative group in Virginia was extremely funny. He didn't say anything controversial. He didn't say anything bizarre. But it was very, very funny. And he is a funny guy. He's very likable once you listen to him. Um, As long as he just cuts out the swearing, stops saying stupid things, you know, controversial things like QAnon. QAnon is a... Good organization because they like him. He does When he does speak on his own, when he speaks from his heart or his head, he actually does... You can see the self-centeredness in him. And I think that needs to be avoided. Finally, but he needs to continue doing his press conferences. He needs to continue going around the country and making speeches in front of people. He needs to continue doing all that, and he needs to do it live because he needs to show the juxtaposition between himself and Biden. Biden who, I, I gotta say, he's gotta come out of his closet sooner or later. He's he's gonna have to, or he's gonna lose this election. As, but if Trump can just keep doing what he's doing, keep the speeches toned down a little bit, continue to be funny without being controversial, he's going to destroy Biden in the election. And finally, get off Twitter. I. I wish he would just take a break from Twitter for the next three months. Next, He doesn't even need three months, two months. Just take a break off of Twitter. Stay off it because he always retweets something that's controversial. He always says something controversial. He attacks people, which you're the president of the United States. You're going to get attacked. Stay off of Twitter. Stop reading Twitter. Stop getting upset every time someone says something bad about him, about you. Mr. President, just give your phone a break. Okay, anyway, it went a little longer than I thought it would. Um, you can follow me at follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download and listen to this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkinpolitics.com. Hope you enjoyed today. Have a great weekend. And on Sunday, we'll be doing Chapter 4 of Animal Farm. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.